Hey folks, welcome to another episode of In Melbourne Last Week. This is a podcast where I, Ivan Pijoni, speak to everyday people who do extraordinary things. And I'm a Melbourne-based voiceover artist, actor, and podcaster. I'm also the co-host of Seinfeld Podcast, but I don't want to be a secondary character, so you can hear me on this one as well as another podcast. Last week, I spoke to a guy named James Henderson. He's a podcaster, economist, hospitality innovator, and music festival owner. Quite an eclectic list of talents he has. He currently hosts a podcast called Hospo Premiers. Uh, where he talks to influential people across the hospitality supply line. So he's spoken to Janine Alice from Boost Juice, as well as a few other very notable people, as well as others in the hospitality industry. You can listen to that podcast as well as others on his Aish Media Network. I'll leave links in the show notes for those. We talked about his experiences in hospitality, a few challenges that he's faced in the industry, and how he's managed to get over 240,000 people. Yes, that is right. I'm not exaggerating. To be interested in a small music festival that he promoted on Facebook, and uh, it's called the City Bush Doof. And it was a really great chat. Got a lot out of him. I learned a bit more about the hospitality industry, its current status, and where it is heading in the future. So I hope you enjoy my chat with James Henderson. James Henderson, thanks so much for being with me today, mate. Ivan, it's an absolute pleasure to be on the show. Yeah, you've come all this way and uh, yeah, it's much appreciated. Thank you very much. I'm excited to uh, <laughs> to share a little bit more about what I do and, and riff with you. Yeah, absolutely. Because you um, you got in touch with me because uh, you listened to my episode with Chris Burke that I did a while ago and uh, um, you reckon that, uh, yeah, you got in touch and uh, you thought it'd be great to talk to me. So Yes, indeed. Yeah, my uh, producer Jake and Chris are good mates and, and Jake uh, referred the show on to me and, and I want to get in touch. Great. Well, it's always good because with these kind of podcasts, as you could probably imagine because you host a podcast yourself that I mentioned in the introduction um, and I can imagine it must be really hard getting guests isn't it Initially, at least, yeah. while you're building the show, it is yeah. a, it is a real challenge. Um, I found over time it changed quite dramatically. PR companies now get in contact, and I don't really have to chase up guests anymore. Oh, nice uh, for hospitalpreneurs, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, even for other shows, as as things have evolved, because uh, we've got a network of programs now. So PR companies will just get in contact, and they'll be like, "Oh, I've got a got a client for for this show." So it's 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 awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, initially, it's a real sales process, just yeah. reaching out to new guests. It is, yeah, because I did mention off air that like you know you can do cold calls and sometimes they get in touch with you or vice versa. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, but it's good. Like once you get a guest and it's all locked in, then it's uh, pretty good. Oh yeah, smooth sailing. Yeah, definitely. And I'm um, speaking of um, hospitalpreneurs, that is your podcast that you uh, that you do. Um, but you have quite an extensive background in hospitality and event management and that sort of thing. So uh, where did that all begin for you? Well, I guess uh, the beginning of my hospitality journey started when I did a bar course at the end of high school. Took a, took a bar job, worked in a couple of restaurants. I, I, I did bar, restaurant, cafe work. Uh, and then focused on my studies at uni. So I, I graduated high school. It was pretty cool to be, you know, 17 working in a bar and some girl writes her number on your arm and you're like, oh my God, I'm the greatest, greatest dude ever. Oh, that's um, cool. So it wasn't just in the movies. <laughs> no, that actually happens. Uh, any bartender out there knows what I'm talking about. But yeah, after that, I focused on my studies at uni and in my third year of, of uni, I've been going out with friends. I was obviously 18. I was 18, 19, 20, even 21, yeah. going out to different bars and making friends with strangers. And we spent a lot of time at various venues, as you do as generally speaking, as a, as a young human uh, wanting to socialize. So I learned a lot about the consumer end of hospitality. So ended up just going to these venues. I started a, a tech company, a hospitality tech company. Yep. 
in a space called Ambi Rewards app for for nightlife, and that sort of that that started to propel me into the industry, like push me deeper to learn about the hospitality industry. So I started working more to learn about our clients, uh, and that's what what really fueled my growth in hospitality. From there, it, it links back up with other work that I ended up doing with podcasting and and obviously hospitalpreneurs and leveraging that to get bigger and better management jobs. Yeah, and what kind of big events or big management jobs did you snag? Well, Mr. Percival's and the Howard Smith Wharves in Brisbane. Anyone listening in Brisbane is going to know the Howard Smith Wharves or even property developers uh, around Australia will understand that the Howard Smith Wharves massive precinct. Uh, I, w- I won't name, obviously, any figures around the development numbers, but it's a, it's a very, very expensive new precinct underneath the Story Bridge. Oh, yeah, cool. And yeah. it's very popular yeah very popular now yeah so i opened uh i was well i didn't open but i was one of the, the early members of the team in that precinct at mr percival's so that cocktail bar there and before that i was managing a place called x cargo which was another another venue that that opened up but i've worked with other people in particularly in the cocktail bar world places like death and taxes and <laughs> that's Road. a name that is a great name yeah there's only only two uh two things certain in life uh, yeah. and uh, that's them yeah and, and a taxes. nice cold beer that's the third one nice cold beer <laughs> on a summer's day in brisbane that's the uh, third certainty isn't it yeah that would that not not always yeah if you leave it out for a while yeah yeah but the brits drink their beer warm sometimes oh they do yeah, yeah. Isn't that weird I, I think it's strange sorry, i think it's sorry really about strange. that brits out there yeah sorry i i don't think i have any british listeners but it's fine <laughs> well we love you i can i can assure you yeah definitely um yeah so like i said you've had an extensive hospitality experience or you know experiences with what you've done and stuff and uh, yeah and that has led on to hospopreneurs so yes. that's a that's a very good portmanteau <laughs> word hospopreneurs so uh, tell us about that podcast yeah so the hospopreneurs podcast is a program about creativity and innovation in the hospitality industry we define the hospitality industry as anything along the hospitality supply chain so everything from agriculture to entertainment so i've interviewed insect farmers or all the way through to musicians. So it's it's a very broad, uh, broadly defined category. Mm. And I like to I like that because it keeps it very interesting for me to interview all kinds of people from a walks of life yep. as long as they have some sort of stake related to the hospitality supply chain. And they're generally entrepreneurs, business people related to that. So we've had people like Ginny and Alice, the founder oh. of Boost Juice, yep, yep. John Lazarou, the founder of the Coffee Club, um, Jamie Cook, who founded Stone and Wood Brewing. There's, there's, there's a bunch at the point of recording like today. Yeah. Um, we've done almost 100 episodes. So oh, congratulations. There's, there's heaps. Yeah, we've known it for three years. Yeah, it's all good when uh, you get your 100 episodes. I did that for my other podcast my Seinfeld one uh, I think last year we hit our 100th so yeah it's always a good feeling isn't it reaching your century in the podcast world absolutely and then, huh? but you know you've got to decide what you do for your 100th episode as well yeah I mean, is it, do, you, do you do something special do you do like a big party or <laughs> I just you know like fizzle into 100 you're like ah yeah like glide over 100 and you're like oh yeah that was episode 100 by the way <laughs> easy yeah just glide straight through I'm working out whether to do something and I think I'm just gonna just quietly release episode 100 yeah just do it no, nice yeah. and low key yeah. yeah awesome awesome so with regards to hospitality because one of the themes for this season uh, is adversity and survival. I guess survival doesn't really apply for hospitality. But well, uh, I'm oh, not so sure about that. You're not so sure. Well, you're yeah, the I've managed in that. some yeah, scenarios yeah. where uh, it's very, very fight or flight. Yeah, well, that's what, for sure. Well, what kind of uh, adversity have you faced in your line of work? Well, uh, I'm not, <laughs> not going to name begin? names of any venues of or, or people no. specifically. I don't want um, any lawsuits. <laughs> no, no, I, or me. Or, yeah, uh, yeah well, I don't want anything either. But in the industry, when you come up through working in nightclubs. There, you know, pubs, clubs, bars, there's all sorts of people that you interact with and a lot of uh, scenarios that are quite dangerous, potentially. Okay, sure. Questionable people and Mm -hmm. sometimes 
Very, very questionable people. And you might even know the sorts of things that they do and you might have to turn a blind eye sometimes if depending on what the owners like or, or dislike. Oh, goodness. So um, yeah, hospitality is very fire from the hip a lot of the time. Yeah. Have you ever been, you know, like if it's personal, it's okay, but have you been in a situation where you felt your life was threatened or you were in a very serious situation? Very serious. I've, I've never had a, like a weapon pulled on me. Okay. Uh, I know other people in the industry who have, but yeah, there, there are environments that people who work in these entertainment spaces that they may be having to encounter these sorts of things, particularly if you're a manager and you have to de-escalate a potentially dangerous dangerous scenario. There could be two people who are starting to get really aggravated and there are all sorts of radio calls and things that you have for security and whatnot in those environments uh, and people who are well-trained are able to diffuse that. Good, good. Well, what's, what do you think is the state of hospitality right now? Because last year, the government you know, cut penalty rates, which is obviously a huge hit to the pocket for a lot of hospitality workers. What's the state of hospitality in Australia right now? That is a, that is a very big question. Yeah, uh, I know, I, there's I, a lot of layers to it. Yeah, I see if I asked, if I asked a guest uh, that question, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I would, I, I'm sort of, it's like meta chat at the moment, um, but I would want to see, I would ask a big question like that deliberately to see how they take the question. I'm assuming it's very similar. Uh-huh. Um, but I, if I may ask for some clarity on the question, because I kind of want to know whether you want to know from a, you know, an operational perspective, you sort of prefaced it with a bit of a, uh, round wages. Do you, do you want me to look at it from a, from an employment standpoint or from more of a business perspective? Well, actually, yeah, sorry. I probably should have been more, bit more specific. Maybe I guess in your line of work, probably from more of an operational perspective. Yeah. I did, I did get into the wages because usually in the media, yeah. when you hear hospitality, like it's pen, penalty rates. Yeah. Rah, yeah. Okay. Well, maybe from an operational perspective, yeah. what is, your what do you think of hospitality at the moment in australia yeah in melbourne in yeah Yep. Oh, anyway, yeah. Okay, yep. so well, I think the hospitality world, like every other industry, is changing very, very rapidly. Uh, technology is consistently uh, or constantly affecting how we do things. And in that, people have to adapt. And hospitality is is a space. It's a, it's a world. It's an industry that people are very connected to the human aspect of that, yep. that um, experience. And so technology coming in can be... It's... Not very often is it accepted very uh, with open arms. And so you have to be very careful how you apply that in a business. And so I think it can be rejected quite readily. And I think in the, if it's delivered in the right way, technology can really enhance the experience. And that's, I like to focus on technology and concepts like that and even look at the, the philosophy of the hospitality experience. But the hospitality industry as it stands, I think is in a, it's a very exciting world. It's always evolving and there's always opportunity regardless of how negative some people look at the space. If we look at the the angle around wages, it's a it's just one perspective of you know two sides of the same coin. Yeah. And business has their own drivers and their own factors at play that are causing this problem as well. And and that the prob- the discussion around wages is very big in Melbourne and Victoria. Yeah. Um, not so much in other cities. I've found, and I mentioned there before that hospitality is very fire from the hip, very shoot from the hip. Yeah. Uh, rough and ready a lot of the time even though there are laws and regulations around how people have to operate, Mm -hmm. it's still very rough and ready. Yeah. And so the fluidity of the industry is actually what makes it attractive a lot of the time uh, for good and bad reasons. Sure. So, yeah, mostly good and, and but some bad too. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I love hospitality. I love that people can express themselves in a social environment. If something that I that really attracted me initially in the industry was that just I, I felt like I could be me and demonstrate my own person, who I am sure. across the bar or on the floor. And you just make friends with strangers. This is the job of a hospitality professional. You're a professional friend maker. Yeah. That's what you do. You, you're just attracting people to come back and, yeah. and visit and enjoy themselves in the space that you are in. And you still get girls' numbers on your arms, even in operations. <laughs> uh, well, Not as much. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, sometimes. I mean, that kind of, you get a bit older and you, it kind of, it fizzles out. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, everyone becomes a number eventually, but it's about the, the art of that, the dance of portraying this excitement for each and every experience that you're providing for people, but also in that you're pumping through volume, depending on the size of the venue as well. Some people are attracted to a much, a much higher volume experience and some to a uh, lower volume and, you know, they have their own pros and cons. Yeah. For me, I love the high volume. I, I love the excitement even the the danger associated with some of those people i mean i we i touched on that earlier but like it's for the most part it's not a dangerous thing no. unless you're doing something wrong yeah and but i just like the potential for chaos uh and organized chaos is really what attracted me to that space the hospitality world you know it can be one thing happening on one end of the venue and a totally different thing happening at the other yeah and it's the same thing that really attracted me to financial markets and that's why i started to that's actually what i was using in my interview uh, in my cover letter to get into the finance world because yep. I, st- I studied finance at uni um, at UQ and in the interview if I worked in stockbroking for a little bit and that was really what attracted me to that environment you see all these numbers flying on the screen and there's news like someone's shouting on Sky News all day every day and like numbers <laughs> going up and the tickers flying and, like people on the phone are like no you need to get out of that oh, oh, oh and on the other phone they're like oh you should buy this and like almost link up the phone to talk to each other uh, to you know connect their own deal and it is uh, well, it's not it's not like Wolf of Wall Street anymore, but there are still some remnants of that. But I haven't been in it for a few years. But at least I've I've seen a few things. Yeah, and uh, I know it's changing quite rapidly. More Absolutely. more computer generated trades, as algorithmic trading or algorithmic trading is much much more prevalent in the industry. And yeah, and plus with the advent yeah. of the internet as well, like sometimes I don't even have to have to go through a broker. I can just do it myself. You yeah, know? and that's the argument. Like full service brokers mm. get upset with that because they are offering knowledge they're mm. offering knowledge and experience on top of that yeah and you know even if and i won't name any brokers specifically there are platforms that you could use that might even recommend some things for you but i know as someone who has studied finance i know i know how to and someone who you know i'm qualified to give rudimentary financial advice so yeah. you know it's not something that i'm gonna I, I i wouldn't be jumping into financial products without doing my own research as well yeah sure um but if i trust a financial advisor then for sure for and, sure yeah and, and going from finance back to hospitality which yeah. is your your bread and butter so to speak um, it is now yeah. <laughs> it is now you mentioned off air that you did quite a few initiatives uh the valley fiesta which was in brisbane as well and, yeah. and i didn't was, run that oh uh, no we sorry were a major you're, sponsor of that major in sponsor, 2017 yeah. yeah yeah you mentioned yeah. that and then you had a few other initiatives but then you came across something you told me a background yeah. of it but then something just exploded uh, yeah so tell us you said you didn't want to spoil it until now so, yeah uh, so, so what happened uh, so I started a community just on Facebook in 2015. I added a few friends. I just added some people that I thought were really interesting. Added them into the same Facebook group and wanted to hang out weekly. I, I, not even, I didn't know it was going to be weekly, but sort of evolved into a weekly hangout 
So I called the group the Knowledge Exchange with a Thursday hangout. And every week we'd catch up. The, the Facebook group's called Make It Happen. And in Make It Happen, the Knowledge Exchange was the Thursday night little meetup, mini, mini group within a group, uh, inception thing. <laughs> and so every Thursday night we'd catch up. We'd talk about philosophy, business. We'd talk about science. We'd talk about religion, everything. It was a group for creative minds, abstract thinkers to come together and discuss ideas with an open mind and so it didn't matter where you were from or who you were or or what you believed in it was about learning from other people and their perspectives how they saw the world how they viewed life and it often got into a very deep philosophical conversation and how we got into this next exciting thing i'll get to in a minute (laughs) yeah so this group we would catch up every thursday night and we did that for for a couple of years so this led us to about mid 2017 and this one gentleman from the group named shri i hope you listen to this shri he wanted to hang out outside thursday nights so we created a little picnic in the park he's like hey, i want to hang outside thursday nights and so we had a little picnic we all started to organize a little picnic in the park we made a facebook event that became quite popular at the end of the week we had 80 people interested in this event and we were like oh how'd you do that you know mm. what's what's going on like shri called me he's like hey dude did did you invite a few people to this event i'm like no i thought it was you i thought maybe you invited some friends no turned out neither of us did it and it was just a couple of people who saw us click interested anyway we left it and uh the end of the next week, there were 350 people interested in this event. Whoa. Yeah. And uh, we called each other again. We're like, hey, dude, have you seen this event? Like, we just woke up one morning. It was 350 people interested. We reviewed it again. And he's like, man, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we should shut this down. I think this is this is getting a bit much. And I thought, no way are we shutting this down. This is, this is something. This is an opportunity. Strike while the iron's hot. Absolutely. Yeah. So shortly after that, we just watched this day after day. It would tick up 450 500, 600, 700, 800, keeps going, 900, hits 1,000 people, and I start calling venues. I'm like, I'm going to have to host this somewhere. You know, I, I don't know how many of these people are going to come, uh, so I need to get a venue. Mm-hmm. I can't be in the park anymore. No. Because originally I had a generator. I had like this, like a, a crowdfund page for a generator, and yeah. people gave us 100 bucks so I could plug the decks in and spend some tunes. But I started calling venues going, hey, I might have 1,000 people. I don't know if they're going to come. 1,000 people are interested in this thing. What can you do for us? And the venue's like, oh, wait a minute wait a minute like clear their desk and they're like oh, wait how many people like, oh, yeah right. of course what, what deal can we do for you okay yeah, yeah. Um, so we started I started reverse engineering this event and Shri was like dude I'm a neuroscientist I've got no idea how to run an event I've got to shut this down I'm yeah. like no way okay I'm going to do this you don't have to do it and he's like, okay, that, sound, that sounds good. I'm okay with that. You can run it. You do think I'm happy supporting it, watching from the sideline. I'm like, that's okay. I'm okay with that. He can literally and metaphorically pick your brain about it. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I ended up just using, just leveraging this event that keeps growing. 1,100, 1,200, 1,300, 14, 15, 16, 17. Keeps going. 2,000 people, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, 6,000. It keeps going up and up and up. And I started calling publications and radio stations. I'm like, this is, getting a, this is starting to get pretty crazy. So we got featured in a few different publications mentioned on the radio I started doing some radio interviews oh, and goodness. it started really snowballing so by, by the end of the event it reached 240,000 people oh yeah, yeah which is wild yeah wow. uh, 240,000 people almost it was it was 239,500 oh, almost 240,000 people rounded up yeah, yeah. Um, so that was and it spiked a couple of times after we were mentioned on a couple of radio shows oh. uh, like um, uh, morning 
breakfast programs and I was just reverse engineering this event mm-hmm. so I'm working out I started calling booking agents and I didn't know how to get DJs so I, I ended up hosting it at, at uh, a venue in Brisbane called the Brightside and the after party at Capulets so we had two stages at the event 14 artists five more at the after party um, we got in contact with brands like Bacardi and Red Bull and t- to various degrees they they supported us and it was just a great time ended up hosting and so I DJed at the event I was like well it's my event I'm yeah, going to yeah. DJ so I had national like national artists even like local national artists and a couple of them had toured internationally quite a bit so ended up being this awesome event that i never ran again uh and since then it, it's that that business sat for a couple of years and more recently i've i've injected a little more time and, and attention and love into it and it's evolved into an artist management agency so yeah. now we look after some artists in australia nice and that's the city bush doof right yeah so the yeah. event yeah this is i and i mean listeners are gonna be like oh my god what was this event called like yeah 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 uh it's called the city bush doof and that's what i think that's why i mean that makes sense like <laughs> yeah. why everyone was interested in it yeah but now the management agency is called cbd entertainment nice so how many people in the first events out of the two hundred and forty thousand? like what was roughly like the estimate of people that turned up it ended up being about 200 which wasn't hectic at all yeah this is okay. very very tame yeah wow. you know com- in comparison to the two hundred and forty thousand it hit yeah but having said that we can reach a lot of those people again through facebook marketing mm-hmm. so that's the real value in it for us yeah. is that we can market to those people through facebook again oh goodness <laughs> so that would have been weird it's like 240 god i must get at least 20 30 that's what 000. i was thinking yeah i'm like okay we'll see how we go so i mean even if we post in that event again i think we can still reach a lot of those people from the event specifically Mm -hmm. but uh you can retarget ads through facebook as well yeah and uh the um entertainment group is called uh cbd entertainment cbd entertainment Uh, yeah yeah. well what are some uh, notable artists that you uh have signed on so our our main artist from that uh is vanderar so they're an indie world artists they're from darwin based on the sunshine coast now they've toured australia toured internationally they've played burning man um they were number one on Triple J Unearthed for their album that came out their previous album actually nice in 2017 yep so Red Hot Go that was called and so that was that was popular in 2017 and I am going to say that they have some interesting things that are about to happen in 2020 Okay, new album launch or tour yeah. or something, yeah. Oh, maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah, you know, no, we can't say anything. Uh, I yeah, won't yeah, say anything yeah, yet, no, no, but uh, yep. yeah, there are a couple of things that are going to be going on this year. Otherwise, just got a, a few other artists that we're involved with there, and this is a quite a quite a new arm of the business, uh, the music side and CBD entertainment. I just realized that I had that brand there with with the City Bush stuff and that I could really engage it again to connect it up uh, with the other side, the main side of my business, which is H Media, and that's A-Y-C-H. Mm-hmm. Media. Yep. Yep. So we look after different podcasts in that network and, and Hospopreneurs is the, the original and main program in the, that network. The flagship. Yeah, the flagship. <laughs> yeah. 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 Who do you have um, coming up on Hospopreneurs? Oh, okay. Well, I'm yeah. 12 episodes ahead of what's today. So we've got, I mentioned John Lazarou, founder of the Coffee Club. He's coming up, so he hasn't been released yet. Coming up today, we've released Guy Greenstone, who owns Gabs, which is a, a large Australian craft beer festival. Just ticking over that list, there is a gentleman who a very interesting man coming out very soon who owns a company that is in waste uh uses so it uses waste products basically he uses waste products from insects as like repurposes it as a fertilizer
supervisor. Oh, cool. But what's most interesting with this particular episode is that he has had some negative press around him and oh, like uh, personal personal issues? stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he's been accused of fraud. So, oh, um, okay, that's coming out soon. Oh, um, but I still want to run the episode. He's been a huge supporter of what we're doing, and yeah. and I make sure to explain the intro as well. That um, you know, I want listeners to decide for themselves about his situation. Yeah, and um, at least in in your podcast, he can bring out his side of the story. I don't ask him about any of that because oh, I interviewed okay, him sure. before any of that was public. Oh, okay. So I this only came to light after you yeah. interviewed so him. So I interviewed okay. him sure, in, sure. in uh, October 2019 yeah. and there was a Sydney Morning Herald, Herald article that came out in November oh. 2019. So Fair enough. Yeah, I think it's a good idea to put yeah. like a preface. At yeah, the start. I definitely yeah, have okay. that at the start. Yeah, it's yeah. like, hey, I interviewed this person. Uh, but yeah. th- that's something that is probably worth mentioning when you're like, who's coming up? Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's one soon. Otherwise, Katie Barfield from Yumi. Uh, who else? I'm just trying to tick over the 11, oh, okay. 12 or so. There's, there's uh, heaps of them. They're yeah, super, super interesting guests. I've always got really incredible people on the program. Every week is different. Uh, interviewing people, as I mentioned earlier, from all walks of life across the hospitality supply chain. Yeah, for sure. And uh, other than uh, Hospitalpreneurs, uh, which other podcasts are on the H Media Network? So we've got a new program coming out on the 3rd of February. That's called Trash Talk. So that's all about sustainability and waste management. Ah, oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, so I love Sarah podcasts Jones. with catchy names like that. Yeah, like that. So, yeah, yeah, good. That was, um, I'm proud of my name there. Good. So yeah, Sarah Jones is the host of that show. She's awesome, lovely girl, worked in hospitality for a long time and very, very passionate about sustainability. So she's interviewing people who are involved in innovation a lo- uh, around sustainability and waste management. Very good. So uh, that's going to be a great show. Another one is called Delicious Debates with Jake Olver, who I mentioned earlier. He is uh, my producer. So he's going to be in front of the mic with his co-host, Jasmine, and they discuss controversial consumer end food topics okay so things like is coriander good or evil or uh you know <laughs> should pineapple be on pizza oh, um, yeah. things like that so yeah, yeah. Yeah. those age-old questions they are very uh, very deep must and, be uh, complex yeah, we, yeah so very different to the other programs in the network uh it's a very consumer end show it, it's a at least it can attract a, a very different demographic as well hospitalpreneurs yeah. gets gets deep uh, gets insightful. I'm not. I mean, there might be some insights to come from talking about consumer topics on delicious debates, but it's a very different sort of show. And yeah. I'm glad to have a program in the network that's very entertainment driven. Yeah, and we can find any of those podcasts on any platform. Yeah, so delicious debates isn't out yet. Trash talk. The trailer is. We've got hospitalpreneurs. It's been going for a while, and we've got a couple of other programs. Uh, there's another one I'm recording. My second show that I'm hosting is called the Leads Podcast. I will be interviewing lead vocalists. Oh, okay, so right. So we've started recording this show about halfway through the first season. Okay. Uh, I haven't released that yet. And so that that's that's my program there. So we're obviously doing a bit in the music industry. So it's it's easy for us to connect with artists as well there. You're a very busy man. I, I, I am I am quite busy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, there's another show that we were speaking with a large Australian television network, a couple, two large Australian television networks that ended up, uh, it ended up falling through with both because they're running something quite similar. Uh, there's a series called Grimm. Yep. And Grimm is probably one that I'm personally very attached to where I'm interviewing so it's it's me again. I'm doing this on the side. I'm I'm ticking this one over just over a long period of time, but the trailer's up if, if anyone's interested in it. Cool. But I don't intend to release any episodes for quite a while yet. Okay. It's one that I want to make sure is executed exactly 
the way that I want. Grim is a program where I'm interviewing people who work intimately alongside death. Okay, so, so funeral directors, yeah, morticians, doctors, coroners, yeah. adrenaline junkies even. Yeah, uh, so it's something, obviously, death is a very sensitive subject. Totally. So you kind of want to make sure all your bases are covered and you're doing the yeah. right thing for the you know out of respect for the victims. and. Uh, and depending on how we... Yeah, I mean, it's not about looking at the victims. It's about looking at the philosophy behind death of ah. people who work very closely with the topic yeah yeah so i'm super interested in talking about that on that show and i want to make sure it's delivered well that's something that i'm i find really inspires some interesting perspectives but it won't be coming out for quite a while yet yeah. the trailer's up but so for if, if anyone's interested the ones that are available now the hospitalpreneurs podcast trash talk and grim has a trailer up but the rest yeah. of them coming soon nice awesome well what I'll do is in the show notes I'll put up hospitalpreneurs I'll put the links there and also if uh, H Media I assume you have a website H Media yes. yeah cool I'll find that and I'll put that in the notes too awesome yeah and just going back to hospitality James so um, you did mention that technology is playing a big part in hospitality and, and you know we've seen in like for example in Fed Square they've got that ice cream shop where it's run by robots automation is coming in like how do you think technology and things like AI how do you think that will shape hospitality in the years to come it's starting to affect it on more from a data perspective at the moment like AI is changing how data is interpreted and how we how we can collect and interpret data businesses are linking up information around consumer habits and consumer forming trends from those data points so it's giving us the ability to predict what people might want to order and when they want to order it, how they like things and give them suggestions as well. There are businesses that are doing a bit in this space. So that's one is looking at consumer data and forming recommendations. The other is around adapting the experience itself and payment platforms. Payment platforms are the way that that's really changing the most at the moment. So there are businesses that, you know, it's pay at the table or through an application. We've seen these sorts of things for a while, but there's a bit happening in that space particularly with fintech being a big space at the moment um, and open banking and, yeah. and these all sorts of other changes that are happening on a more macroeconomic level, which is really fun to watch as well because that's also my, my formal education. It is, yeah, yeah. finance background like yeah. you mentioned earlier. And for someone who wants to be in your kind of line of work who might be listening to this podcast, what do you say to those who kind of want to get their foot in the door? Oh, well, if they want to work with me, they can they can get in contact. Oh, yeah. I'd love yeah. to have a chat. Otherwise, if they want to do something themselves, please get in contact with me. I'd love to <laughs> help you out. Otherwise, if there's a piece of advice, there there are many insightful uh, insightful comments that, that I could make. Really, people require different pieces of advice at different times. And one sentence or one phrase can be the wrong thing at one time. So sometimes this is the most fascinating thing that I've realized about all advice is that wisdom really teaches you which line to look at at what moment because something that's correct at one time might be the opposite at another so patience is a virtue yeah versus the early bird gets the worm there's all sorts of contradicting pieces of advice that are correct or incorrect incorrect at different times and each individual is different based on their requirements at the time it's it's like working with a different client everyone needs something different so my answer is a real non-answer um <laughs> and i want to uh, i would just if anyone wants to get into what i do which i describe what i do is ultimately I've put my own philosophy into the overall company. The overall company is called Jim Sesh, which is just originally it was a play on words and I it's J-I-M-S-E-S-H. And I just ended up calling my company that because it was my Instagram handle. And it's the overarching business that just owns H Media and CBD Entertainment. But I've put my own personal philosophy into that, which is 
used to elevate universal consciousness. And I don't mean that in a new age way. Elevating universal consciousness to me is helping the universe to understand itself. The universal system we operate within to be able to synthesize information, to form knowledge and teach right to teach mm-hmm. our system to understand itself better so that really becomes learning growing building and facilitating other people to do the same so gym sesh is all about elevating universal consciousness yep. by facilitating the expression and transaction of ideas through sound so that's what we do okay yeah cool. so ultimately that's the why of the of the business so if someone wants to do something like what i do i would probably first of all i'd recommend that they find out why they do what they do i'd probably read start with why by simon sinek that's an incredible book um but i have yeah yeah, there are there are so so many resources depending on what's required for the individual. And if you're going to put up a Facebook page, put Bush Doof at the end of it, and you'll probably get two hundred and forty thousand. <laughs> uh, unless unless well maybe not. I might sue you because uh, oh, I own right. that now. Oh, you own Bush yeah, Doof. Okay. City Bush. I don't own a Bush Doof. Oh, sorry, City Bush. Doof. I own the City Bush Doof. Okay, no, don't do that. Disregard. <laughs> call it Rainforest Dance. There you go. Or Perfect. you could, or we could have a chat, and you can call it the City Bush Doof. Yeah, for maybe. a nominal fee. That's right. Happy to. <laughs> no worries. Yeah. We can have a chat. Happy to anytime. No worries. Well, James Henderson, thanks so much for being here today, man. It's been fun. Thank you very much, Ivan. Thanks, man.